Welcome to the Love, Sex and Freedom podcast. This is where you're going to discover how to bring awakening into the body and into everyday life through powerful tantric teachings. Get ready to release, open and step into your true power. I'm super grateful to have my dear friend EJ. Uh, it's been actually a while since we've chatted and had a conversation and I I love this uh, topic that we get to dive into today around how really women essentially unconsciously destroy intimacy. And I, I know it's something that's very close and near to dear to your heart. And, you know, just mm-hmm. as a contextual framework, EJ is going to be one of um, over 60 presenters coming into the Integrated Feminine Symposium, which is really a cornucopia of incredible presenters and teachers and facilitators supporting a healthy expression of feminine leadership on, on this world. And EJ is brilliant with relationship with sexuality, has an incredible background. We've done some teaching together when they, when they used to let me into Australia, which doesn't happen anymore. <laughs> But uh, yeah, it's a joy to, to have you here. Thank you for, for coming forth and, and sharing your wisdom and expertise in this beautiful conversation. Yeah, thank you, Aaron. Yeah, it has been a while since we've been done a live together. This is really cool. I'm really um, excited to be here and, and be on your page and um, love that what you're creating right now in, in this world and, and bringing these symposiums, um, which I really needed right now, in my opinion. Hmm. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. It's a uh, um, different, a little bit than the masculine one of balancing all the, the feminine bodies and the, the flow of energy and all of the, the Shakti that's coming forth, but I'm enjoying the challenge. It's putting me up into my, my presence as a man to step up my game. <laughs> nice. Great. So, yeah, so this, this, this topic, this place around ways that women unconsciously control men, you know, and uh, I think the very essence of unconsciously controlling means that she's probably not even aware that she's doing it. So, you know, wh- wh- why is this subject so near and dear to you? Like, what, 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 what turns you on about this more than anything? Well, I guess the, the first thing is that it's been such a big, huge part of my journey into being able to have the intimacy that you know that I really long for that I really yearn for as a woman to be able to to really be feminine to surrender to submit to let myself go and so much of my life I've had this inner controller yeah that needed to um, have some kind of power to to feel safe yeah to feel um that I could manage my life, that I could um, have create this kind of bubble around it where everything was contained um, to a degree and and that way, therefore, I would be safe. And so, so much of my journey into having healthy relationships and intimacy with men has very much been about releasing what I call the role of the controller. And... Oh, I've been doing a lot of different um, research into the, a lot of different research and, and seeing like how this really weaves in into so many people's lives, both men and women, um, you know, have this need to control to feel safe. And so for me, I just realized how much it was damaging my relationships with men and how I just also kept attracting relationships with men that kept, weren't safe 
that essentially where I didn't feel safe because there was a, abuse of some sort. And so it just kept reinforcing that I need to be in control. I need to be in control. I need to be in control. And then when men would come into my experience who were like actually healthy, um, I would end up emasculating them and putting these pieces of control um, just little, and then we're going to obviously talk about this, but the, even like little things, like little things here and there that just get anchoring in and anchoring in and they keep weaving in and then over time building up and building up. And then I would end up being more of the one in control in the relationship and being frustrated by that because I wanted my man to lead. Mm-hmm. You know, I wanted, you know, oh, well, you to make the decisions and you to make the plans. And like, why am I the one that has to like do everything and be responsible? It's like, well, because I created that way because I didn't feel safe to actually have someone else take the lead. Mm-hmm. And I think that's just such a common um, experience for so many women that I work with and I speak to and the men that are like wanting to really to, to lead and that they've just been so squished and and because they want to make women so happy but they've been so squished that they don't feel like they can essentially so oh, that's just such a, such a big part of um what i'm passionate about and now like being in a relationship and experiencing intimacy and and um noticing like where i would every time i'm really going if i'm trying to go into control how that that would actually like add dynamics would would shift and I could feel I can feel it so like it's been like just even the nuance of it of it like noticing those little pieces and then put reining myself in and I don't get it perfect all the time calling myself for when I'm like oh I just went into like control or trying to control and and having to rein myself in and be like okay I can see that this is coming from um, not a place of trust I'm not trusting and um, I'm not allowing myself to like trust my partner that he can lead, that he can be in his masculine leadership. Yeah. I, I, I love for one, I love your, um, I love talking with you because there's such a, a brilliant place of owning vulnerably, like where you're not showing up with the deepest of integrity. And it's such, it's so refreshing. And I'm reminded that so many conversations and so many dialogues that we've had and, you know, there's just this deep place of like, wow, yeah, I wasn't doing that. And I'm going to fucking own it 100%. And it's just like the permission field you give. And I know you do that for so many of the women and, and the, the men that you work field of like actually owning their shit and owning their shit. And you do that. I've seen you do it over and over and over and again. And it's just, I, I, I can't edify you enough to, to, to that. That creates so much like, capacity for healing when we can own the parts inside that are like sticky and gross and it's like yeah i'm emasculating the fuck out of these men because i i I can't deal with the fact that they're controlling me it's like wow that's beautiful to witness i really want to put that very clearly because it's such a like it's one of your power skills and you do that so well so thank you just for demonstrating that just from the foundation of this conversation so beautifully yeah, yeah, recovering emasculator here, and, and <laughs> <laughs> recovering, um, and you know, I really was emasculating myself, and that's mm. one of the biggest things. And that was like how I was, like this internal experience of controlling, like this dynamic with my own masculine and feminine, of 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 control that was going on between them, and it was just 
just kept being reflected out into my relationships. Yeah, there's just so many, and I, yeah, I, I have to share from experience. It's just the way that I am. Like this is um, this is lived experience, mm. and yeah, I, I can't. I find it hard to teach something that I haven't ex- really experienced for myself. For sure, for sure, and and so I love seeing that you're in this beautiful relationship now, and what a like a strong like very clear man that you've called into your field. I haven't met him personally, but I can just feel like his alpha just in his photos and, 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 and the, the Maori part of him that just exudes. So it's brilliant to see that you've met a man that really meets you in that way. And I, I'd love to hear like, what have been some of the, the, the challenges, if you will, of actually being met and like, whoa, okay, I've been wanting this, now I'm being met. Like, how are you navigating that? Yeah, so what's really interesting is that, so he's a, a would say he's a recovering nice guy. Mm-hmm. And I would say that I'm recovering caretaker and, uh, you know, in the control piece as well mm-hmm. is in there. So we will notice little nuances of that come up mm-hmm. right and it's such beautiful medicine because we can really reflect and go if this if these roles were still running us our dynamics would be completely different mm-hmm. like he would be this people pleasing nice guy and really squished and i would just be trying to control everything and do everything and be responsible for everything and and we would be in this what I would call wound mate relationship or role mate relationship where we're just playing out these roles together. And because we've got such a beautiful awareness of this and we're actually both really self-responsible, when we start to notice those pieces, we can actually call each other up on it mm-hmm, with love. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And and we can um, you know call each other when that when that's happening. And also own it in our styles. I can notice and I'm like, oh, I just did that thing again. You know, I just did that um, where I, I decided I, I went and tried to take over something that you were doing um, because I thought I could do a better job. Well, I, I didn't trust you to do it properly. So I, I thought maybe I'll just, or maybe I'll just check, on, check in and see how you're going with that thing that I asked you to do. And just, you know, th- th- those are the kind of little pieces. And for him, he needs to know that I can trust him. And so... For me, I'm just consistently noticing my old pathways that would say, oh, just check on it and see how he's going with that thing. Or like, I wonder um, what's going on for him with this over here. Maybe I should check in and then see if he needs help. Or um, like some of the other things that in, in the past is like, if I didn't get what I wanted, when I wanted it, there would be some kind of like, punishment Mm, right like mm -hmm. and and this is something i'm really having to this is the thing the biggest thing i could say is that i've had to face is the fact that i'm not always going to get what i want Mm, and mm. that is the what i would say i wouldn't say it's a sacrifice it's not the right word but that's the that's that is the can't quite land the word but it is um, the willingness that I've had to have to have the relationship that I want is that I'm not always going to get exactly what I want when I want it. But you know what? I'm so I'll be 
I notice that when that happens and he stands in his power and says, no, actually this is not happening. Or he says, yeah, you don't need to know that. Like just, and I know that I can trust him. Like there's no doubt in my man that I can trust him. He, you know, absolutely. He's like, I just know it. Um, is that it is sexy and it is a turn on and it is like, ah, great. I don't get to run my shit with you. Like you're not going to let me run my shit with you and you're not going to let me take control. And that's hot. And that is, makes me want my man, you know, instead if he was to turn around and just pander to me and just, and, and when I'm trying to wheezy, like do these little tiny bits of control, like that is going to kill our turn on. That's going mm-hmm. to kill our polarity. Mm-hmm. And so it's a, it's a work in progress. Definitely don't have it perfect. Um, and we also are exploring dynamics of domination and submission and playing with different um, ways of even like going out for dinner. And he's like, right, be downstairs, 8 p.m. Don't be late. We're X, you know? He's like, bang. And if I try to, and he would say, no questions. Because usually I'm like, oh, so like, can you tell me like a little bit about where we're going or what? I, like, and he's like, no questions. <laughs> nice, nice. I like this guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it's stuff we've intentionally been exploring since we um, got together, and and we we we're playing with it. And it's definitely at first it was really a bit clunky, but we're definitely definitely getting better at it. It's him really stepping into his dominance and when he does it and he doesn't waver, like it does make me feel like I, I just allow myself to submit and, mm. and trust and I like really still have to notice those parts of me that um want to like know exactly what's going on or have a say or have a uh you know put my two cents in when actually what if I just fully trusted his masculine leadership and then that's where the magic happens and that's Mm. where i'm like not having to think about things and i can just let go (sighs) (laughs) and and i i I felt like what you were just about to share and and correct me if i'm wrong was that actually brings more safety into your body is that is that accurate yeah yeah beautiful so i i love just the full picture of this of recognizing the part inside that was trying to control the trying to like keep things in order being met in a way that's like hey i got this and then yeah ah at the end of all that is let me rest let me rest because i actually feel safe that you can hold me in this and you know and being with a woman in in a relationship with a woman who's very clear very strong and very assertive like i get it like i get that place and i i love when I feel her surrender. And I can also feel the places of where she communicates where she needs to when there might be a disagreement, but to feel her surrender into my presence, into my arm, just gives me more spaciousness to say, hey babe, I got this, we're going this way. And it's like that polarity dance, no matter what you say around it, it is fucking sexy. <laughs> so, yeah. Hmm. Yeah, it's, um, yeah, and I guess what I have, I'm learning is that I value our intimacy and turn on more than I do of wanting to be in control and need, need, mm. need to know things. Mm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's a little shift in the values. 
yeah, surrendering to the unknown mm-hmm. um, and feeling, as I said, feeling safe in the body. And that's where I feel the turn on and I feel the aliveness. And it's ultimately, you know, what, I, what I'm desiring is more of that. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. And so what, what do you say to, you know, I, I, I hear, you know, and I know you've done depths of work and continue to show up in the work, but to a woman who's in a relationship, and she's just maybe recognizing, wow, I'm a fucking controlling bitch. Like, you know, and I'm not saying all women are this way. I know there's a controlling bitch inside of me that's strong as fuck. But like, you know, they're in that place and they're like <laughs> yeah. controlling it all. And they're like, don't want to actually like feel the vulnerability of the, you know, mm-hmm. of not knowing and everything else. Like what ways to, does a woman like that, how can you communicate to her to create a different reality? Because I often feel a part of her wants the safety that, that can be felt there, but doesn't necessarily know how to get there. So what, what, what steps or, or support methods or things that they can do to support them and solve them that way? Yeah, well, I think the first thing to recognize is that we are responsible for our own safety. Mm-hmm. And so uh, this is why embodiment is so key is and and having a relationship with our own inner masculine and obviously you've just done this in um the masculine symposium or the program that you're still running um and i'm sure there may be more inner masculine work for specifically for women which is that actually a lot of what you and i are when we run out the art of loving men um it was there was a lot of inner masculine embodiment and it was these women learning how to hold themselves how to hold themselves when the the uncomfortable emotions do arise and knowing that they're safe Mm -hmm. and um something that happened for me going into the current relationship that i'm in i was terrified when i realized that i was actually starting to really feel for this man and that we might actually have a long-term relationship and i was like wow no wonder i haven't been in a relationship for four years this shit is scary like I might actually get hurt again like holy shit and I had really called my inner masculine and and my inner masculine was like no matter what happens I got you and I'm here and you can set boundaries anytime that you need to and take your energy out and and I've got you I'm going to look after you so that you're not going to repeat being abused again so you're not going to go through that experience and so for I, I guess the first thing I would say, if, if it's very difficult to feel if anyone out there is listening and they are in a you know abusive relationship, it's very difficult to feel safe. So of course you're going to feel it's necessary to be in control, like because there's not not a safety there. And um, for that, I, w- I would say find ways to um, to find some kind of exit plan and get some get some outside help and support for that. Um, and for those that are in relationships and perhaps it is that dynamic where the, they're more in control and their partners may be a bit more submissive and go with the flow, um, dynamic, then, um, really be cultivating that relationship with the inner masculine and creating their own sense of safety and really getting clear on what your needs are in a relationship, because what is often happening is that a woman doesn't know how to ask for what she needs or she's asking for what she needs is is being conditioned that it's vulnerable and weak and 
or they are they running the caretaker role and they're taking care of their their children their partner everything their business whatever it is um and is to actually get clear on what your needs are and actually ask some mm. other people to help you meet those needs mm-hmm. so uh, and that can be like so so vulnerable to do that and to do it from a place of feeling not from demand or expectations because usually what happens is that uh, a, a, a woman who doesn't know how to really ask for what she needs in that way from a place of frustration of exhaustion tiredness um, resentment and then the other person or the man doesn't want to do it mm-hmm. um, and it's so funny bear and I were driving last night to give you an example and we were going to be running late to this class and I was looking at the time and I was like oh, like they want to just be like come on hurry up babe we got to get there like like just wanted to like kind of be like or oh, could you go any slower like all these things in my head that I was like not do the, don't say those things and I said Babe, it would make me feel comfortable if we went the speed limit, like, which was like, because it was going less than the speed limit. It would make me feel more comfortable if we went a bit faster to the speed limit, please. Um, and he's like, oh, I didn't even realize. And he's like, okay. And then he turned around and he said to me, um, oh, that was a really great way that you asked. Like he just honored, acknowledged me. That was a really good, it actually made me really want to do it. So it was about the way that I asked for it, but I definitely noticed in my mind, I was like, in the past, I would have said that way differently. I would have really said it from a place of like making him wrong for not, because we because in the back of my mind, I'm like, we're going to be late. We're going to be late. I don't want to be late because we've been late the last two weeks. <laughs> and just all these things that are building up. And, and that's just a small example of what can be going on for a woman who hasn't asked for what she needs and it can be a build up and a build up and a build up until finally it just comes out in these like demanding expectant frustrated ways or she might go into well I'll just make sure I do it myself because he's not doing it and he's or he's not doing it the way that I want to do it so I'll just do it myself and that mm-hmm. is often what happens it's that oh, I'll just do it myself I'll just do it myself and um, that leads to this, this control. And then from there, what happens is that she becomes tired and exhausted. She doesn't have energy for intimacy or sex mm-hmm. uh, or turn. There's no turn on, it's shut down. And this is where it kills intimacy. Mm-hmm. So this kind of incessant need to control the back fireplace is that actually dissipates any level of intimacy that might be there and yeah I I just want to highlight because I love what that example you shared and one of the things I love when when Raven shares to me you know and I can feel sometimes she's just like wants to say it but when she actually takes a breath and I try to do this too it's like you know I'm feeling this way and when you lead in conversation with like I'm feeling this way you know uh, would you be willing to do this it's going to provide me with more safety and nine times out of 10 by 99% of the time when you say that to a man he wants to be the one that's going to like provide more safety and do that but if it's coming at like boom you're doing this wrong immediately like defense wound comes up like the the part of like you know stop stop judging me so I love that example you shared it's really like 
a man can breathe with that when he doesn't feel like his balls are being cut off with the very words that are coming out of the woman's mouth. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I mean, I could have worded, worded it in like, oh, I'm feeling a bit vulnerable about being, that we might be late. And I'd love to go the speed limit. So yeah. he was going about 10 kilometers and needed a speed limit. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't encourage him to speed. To say. <laughs> <laughs> you know, if he probably, and then it was so funny because later, he was going over the speed limit. I was looking at the clock like, oh, I don't want to the other part of me was like, oh, I don't want to have an accident either. <laughs> I want to be there. <laughs> <laughs> and again, that's the like not feeling safe. It's the, and, I, and I'm so aware of it now, like all these things that were, where as a woman, so often I'm like, am I safe? Am I safe? Am I safe? And instinctually, this is something that go, does go on for women. Instinctually, there is often this, am I, am I safe with this mm. person in this situation? And one of the things I want to mention here is um, one of the dynamics I'm seeing really commonly and is this people-pleasing nice guy dynamic that women don't feel safe with because he doesn't seem to have the, you know, the instinct to, to stand up and face conflict. And, and that's so often what a woman is craving from her man, but can may also be absolutely terrified of as well, depending on her past experiences. Yeah, I'd love to, to, to speak into this more because I think some guys, they come into the spiritual world and they're like, I know all the right things to say. I know how to be the nice guy. I can be, I can be Shiva. Shiva holds pure presence. He's there. But it sometimes can take this connotation of like this nice guy that doesn't actually know how to fucking take her, bend her over a Harley and treat her like the queen she is. You know, it's like the, there's got to be a balance of both. So like, what, what do you say to those, those men? Because I think so many men have been, their balls have been cut off because when their animal came out of the closet, they weren't received, they weren't accepted. And then it's like, mm, I'm not doing that again. I'm just going to be the nice, you know, light masculine guy that's going to not, you know, claim any of his desires and just kind of, you know, go the easier route. But ultimately, I love what you're saying is it doesn't actually create safety and what the feminine locks for more than anything is to feel safe yeah mm. yeah so i guess it's the same sort of thing as that like um i guess i don't feel like a man is like responsible to make a woman feel safe but again it's the same inner dynamic like his feminine's probably not feeling safe um with his nice guy um and and I'd, I'd say that like do the dark masculine work, do your animal primal work. Mm -hmm. That is, that's the stuff that the, he's got to feel safe with in himself. Mm -hmm. The more that every person as an individual feels safe inside of themselves by working with the, those parts that have been shut down. Like so, for those men, it would be this dark masculine penetrative, predatory energy that they don't want to be in this shame and don't want to be there but yet that's the energy required to like like really be and be able to stand up for themselves and stand up for the woman and 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 um, stand up for what they believe in and so is that is getting safe with that and then 
when a woman comes along and she's doing her work on her, the parts of her that have been shut down and she's starting to feel safe inside herself, then we really get to, to play. Yeah, then we really get to play. Then we really get to, it's like, oh, I'm going to allow this part of myself to be seen. Okay, so so it's, I guess, the um, dynamic in that in that place is that this man can really stand and feel safe and, and to be in his protector and his um, his penetrator and in this integrated heart-based way. And I would say also the woman doing her own work on that part of her so that she feels safe with that energy as well. So um, I think we both, we all need to be doing both sides of the work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But mm-hmm. We've got to be doing both the masculine and feminine because yeah. Yeah. And, and I, I just want to highlight this. I know your, your book just came out recently and it's all about inner union and being the one that, to which we're seeking. And I, I love that you're so passionate and, and, you know, a strong voice for people and, you know, the, the inner marriage and, and how we really can have more sovereignty inside of ourselves. So I'd love to hear, like, how does that place of inner union and and sovereignty and being in our own kind of inner marriage how does this play into like deeper intimacy because i think sometimes people take that to an extreme and it's like i don't need anything i'm in my own marriage i don't need fuck all in this world i always <laughs> feel i get my hand i get my cock i get my yoni think shit good you know so how, how, like speak into this a little bit because I, I know you're quite passionate on the subject yeah so i think we've got to notice when that becomes like overboundaried and it becomes an avoidance mm-hmm. and so this is actually what happened for me all good on my own but yet this deep part of me like craved intimacy and and with a man and and to really explore even deeper parts of myself mm-hmm. and to i think there's where the polarity can come in when you're with another person and um of course i can do this explore this within myself but even you know bear who's my partner he you know we talk about how all the time we're getting we're learning and growing from each other through different ways that we interact and finding these parts of ourselves that oh that we've just activated in me um and so i think for people that are coming into this real sovereignty i think that some like sometimes we have to swing the other way but then we've got to we've got to see that um we're human beings that crave connection Mm. with another Mm -hmm. yeah and i think even raven and you've spoken about this before is that when you're coming into your inner union from your own for your divine union and from your inner unions it's like it's like, oh, what more can we play with? Like, what more can we explore here? Like, right, now I get to play with someone that's committed to their own inner union and I get to do a relationship in a whole new way. And it's not just about us playing either. It's about, like, how can we serve the world together? Mm-hmm. You know, rather than, like, going in these, like, unhealthy codependent dynamics. It's uh, I'm constantly working on the relationship. It's like, oh, I'm so committed to my own growth and my own healing and being self-responsible. And I'm going to get more of that through my relationship dynamic. And then we're going to get to really share it with the world and, mm. and 
you know transmit that to other people and that's what i feel like oh, that's what i see in you guys and i feel this is what bear and i are doing so um yeah yeah beautiful um you know kind of a, a deeper layer of this that I, i'd love to dive into is around trauma and and especially how like you know unconscious patterns are alive inside of a lot of women and i know for yourself as being a previous sex worker and you know dealing with a lot of like probably very unconscious men and like there, there's a certain reason you know i'm not saying all men are terrible but there's a certain reason that there is trauma in the body for quite a few female bodies and some of these unconscious tendencies to control men is coming from a place of all the times that the woman has been controlled. So I, and I don't want to just like not name that because that's kind of like the big fucking elephant in the room that needs to be named and recognized. So where can, can somebody who may have like a lot of trauma and a lot of like, I, like I hear not all the time, but sometimes I hear from women, I actually fucking hate men. I think they're the fucking crumb of the, of the earth, you know, uh, not all, of course, like there's beautiful men, but there's a lot of fucking shit bags out there. There's a lot of men that just beat their women and don't take care of things and don't take responsibility. And of course it's on the other side as well, but I just want to address, get, address this piece. So those unconscious patterns to control men, I, I get it. Like there's a large amount of male bodied beings that, have absolutely no respect and appreciation for, for, for the feminine, mainly because they don't have it within themselves. But to those women who have gone through trauma mm-hmm. and still can feel that in their bodies, like what, what's the directionality for them? Like how can, how can those individuals who might be tuning in, what, what, would, what can support them? Yeah, so I hear what you're saying. And I, I have been there. You've been, I've experienced three abusive relationships and I look back and I and I look I go no wonder I had to be in control like I had to to protect myself I like Mm. I had to and um I feel like it's it's kind of like layers and to kind of go from let's say I've just come out of an abusive relationship and now I'm going to try and not control and let go of this part of me it's a process right it's a journey and it's taken me like really a good like like five years to be where I am now and unravel all of that stuff and and then before that like another five years before that and and you know it's just like a there's a there's a there's a process so I would say don't expect to get there straight away don't expect to like oh I'm just gonna suddenly try and decide to love men and even though I hate them and there's like go see a trauma-informed therapist go like if if go do some trauma release work that's what i'd recommend for women that have experienced trauma in this way um and you know there's some people you know teaching when i've taught about loving and understanding men they're like oh no like like they're really still in this kind of like they're still in that trauma of like i've been so hurt i don't i think like and that, and that's okay i think you've got to meet them where they're at for right now and not trying to enforce something that they're not ready for yet and i could definitely resonate to that from many years ago that i would have probably felt similarly and um i had to go on a journey started reading some books and started to wanted to ultimately i wanted to be able to to see men differently understand men 
um, and I wanted to be able to have a healthy relationship. And I knew that while I had beliefs about men, that, that men were a certain way, that I um, wouldn't be able to have that. So start with where you're at and, and healing what you've been through. Um, you can read my book as well because um, I, I share my journey about, about healing from the abuse that I experienced um, with men and take people through the same journey. And also I imagine there's going to be some things in the feminist symposium that are going to be supportive um, sure. of that as well. So just like learning as much as possible and gaining different perspectives, especially for people that have been there, have been on that journey. Yeah, yeah, that's great. Uh, and I just want to, yeah, showcase. Uh, I love that when we first met, you were teaching a, a, you know, workshop at a festival about the art of loving men, and you know, we ended up having conversation. I said, I'm doing quite a lot of this work as well, and we ended up, you know, teaching quite a few workshops together. But the thing that I, I, I loved was just the sincerity, and the authenticity of where you you were coming from, and I could feel a part of my own like. You know, I'm coming from a maritime sailor, very debaucherous background, and I, I don't know that I had ever really been as as seen and loved and and held in all of my own vulnerability. And the you know the different you know we've done some beautiful rituals and ceremonies and and, and some of these workshops, but it was just beautiful because I feel like you're, there's such an authenticity to what you're 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 teaching in that way to really no matter how terrible and shitty a man has been to really hold them in that tenderness. And I felt that from you. So I just really want to honor mm -hmm. that in you because it's beautiful. And I know you, it's been a long journey for you to be there and still learning, of course, but it's such a powerful piece when, when a man can feel that tenderness and that level of, 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 of you know, gratitude for something that sometimes can be a very sticky subject. Yeah, thank you, Aaron. I fully receive that. And that's really beautiful. Um, yeah, I've, I've, I've spent time with a lot of men in my life. And um, as, as you said, you know, worked in the sex industry and different facets. And really, I forgot to see a different side of men. And it's really interesting. When I started to heal my stuff, how, how differently men actually responded to me and how men actually showed up really different when I was seeing them differently and choosing to see them differently. And can you speak into that? Cause I, what it sounds like you had your own inner shift in here. And as the result, you started to actually experience and have different types of men who were, who were you, you were speaking to and working with. Yeah. So I will speak it in reference to work, although it definitely filtered out into my personal life, but, um, when I was working in the sex industry, I, I really had this, uh, this idea that men were taking from me, that I was to be in service of men and they, uh, they were just taking for, from me for their own pleasure, essentially. And, you know, I would, in my mind, sometimes, you know, make them wrong for just wanting one thing and, and these kind of thoughts that I would have about men. And then sometimes I would really, men would really open up to me as well. And, you know, I would feel compassion um, I didn't attract those men as much. And then when I went through my journey of healing my relationship with men and committing to really seeing and understanding them is that the clients that showed up suddenly just opened up, opened up their hearts, mm. shared their deepest vulnerabilities, 
their desires, their fears. Like, I was like, wow, like men are just like me. Mm. You know, men are just like longing to be loved. They're sensitive. They're, mm. They've been so shut down and they've had so much pressure put on them to be a certain way and they don't feel good enough. And like so many things that they just started opening up. And it's because I became a safe space for them. Mm. Yeah, it's because I was like, you know, you're welcome here. Like, mm. I'm not going to judge you or make you wrong. Um, and even if I wasn't, because I, I never did it, it, you know, it would be in my mind, but when it, when it was always coming from curiosity and compassion, there was an energetic safety, I believe, for them to open. Mm. So the, the, the space was open that allowed their their vulnerability to, to be present. Yeah, that's great. Um, and I, I can really feel where that piece actually, like when that vulnerability is present, it, it sort of dissolves any of the bits of control that might be there, you know? And I, I reflect to that in my own relationship where sometimes we can be both very hard-headed, I'm right, no, I'm right. And it's like, not all the time, but when it's there, like, we're very intellectually driven in that space. But the moment there's like a vulnerability inside of, you know, and she's absolutely 80% of the time more the one that leads in that when there's disagreement. But when that vulnerability is there, it's just like the softening that happened that dissolves the control, that dissolves the pieces. And it's like, oh, wow, I've really been in my shit here for a minute. Like, wow, thank you for, for letting that vulnerability be present because that's the, 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 the gem that, that, that creates so much spaciousness for love to be present. Hmm. Yeah, and something that I um, wrote down, a little question I was like to remind myself is that, like, do I want to be in control or do I want love? Hmm. Hmm. I want to, it's kind of like, do I want to be right or do I want to be loved? Do I need to be in control or do I want to be loved and turned on? Is <laughs> <laughs> um, the thing that I'm really reflecting on is like, do I, do I um, need to have be in control right now? Can I actually trust that my man has got this? Mm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So l l letting go of the controller to make way for love. So, so it's almost like in a way the controller is masking uh, love from being present. It's there, but the controller is trying to control love and you can't control love, right? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah absolutely. It's, um, yeah, it's like, it's, I see it as like, an, it's, um, when I talk about the controller, it's like an, it's a, an identity. It's like, it's not really who I am and even if who I am is love then I'm not allowing that love to be present inside of me mm. yeah mm. it's the me probably more being in my my human like my personality my humanness that needs that safety and holds on to it for dear life because I might die if I'm not in control <laughs> mm. death death by control <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah I, I, I love this dialogue and I, I think there is so much openness and, and expansion that can happen for people, I think, through the place of, of ownership of you, as you so beautifully have shared. And 
you know, and what I've witnessed in, in, in your journey is, is just like now having a man you call Bear, like the very fact that his name is Bear, it's like, wow, DJ got a good one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's beautiful. Yeah, yeah, so, so to, you know. <laughs> I'm laughing because he just sent me a photo. He's a, he's a, he does build stuff. And he's building me this piece, a piece of wood where I put my, like, hands in and my head in and it's like I'm trapped like <laughs> and it's like full full submission like like he would be in full control of me and I was he's like I'm making you something oh wow so <laughs> yeah. so so you you mentioned a few times like speak into some <laughs> of what your 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 journey's been around this submission and domination and you know because I think people can sometimes hear these words and be like, mm, it's probably not a flavor of things I want to get into. So like, what's, what's been your experience and, and what, are, what are the things you love about it? And what are the things that like challenge you? Yeah. So we have definitely been playing with the energetics. I think a lot of people think domination and submission. They think of like whipping and spanking and pain and, and, that's actually not our experience at all. Okay, maybe a little bit of spanking, but um, it's not even necessarily inside the bedroom. It can be outside, as I mentioned before, like the going out for dinner and not knowing where are we going and him deciding what, like, what he wants me to wear and um, you know, not telling me anything about what's going on and, and me trusting that, he'll, that it will be amazing and, and um, being in the delight of that, the, the, the unknown. And so things like some of the things we've been doing is that he makes me a fruit platter and says that I'm not allowed to eat it until he tells me what I can eat. And then, um, then he'll feed it to me. Yeah. And it's just this beautiful little dynamic of me being this like really feminine trusting place and, and the feeling he can feel my hunger for the fruit. And then I'm not allowed until he, until he um, says I can have it or feeds it to me. And it's just so much fun, like just to play in that. And me is playing with the, oh, I can't have what I want when I want. I just can't scoff the food. Like I would usually be like, mm, yum, you know? And, and, but it's like taking the time and slowing down and being really present. But then the, and the dynamic between us is really sexy. And, and um, I don't have to think. Again, it's like, I don't have to think about it. I don't have to plan, I don't have to think, I don't have to make a decision. I just get to be there, yeah? And so, yes, there's a part of me that might not always get what I want when I want it, but he, um, but the delight that I experience is far beyond that, that it's mm. like the unimaginable that I can experience when I like let go of needing to know need to control. Another thing is um, like a shower, for example, like one time he, um, tied me to the bed and and we've, we've got a shower a shower that has a um a window that looks through to the shower from the bedroom and so he was just like you're going to watch me shower and and so i just watched it was such a beautiful beautiful experience like i'm just lying there couldn't go anywhere so i'm just watching him shower and this beautiful like water's running down he's like loving on himself and i i actually felt teary because i was like wow this is so like i'm getting to, like i'm honoring him in the witnessing of him you know washing himself mm. and that was that was really beautiful and 
it is a sense of, like, I do feel like a sense of safety as well in that. Like, it just, it does, it does make me feel safe when he's directing in that way. So there's, there's other things we've done too, but that, yeah, this, um, we're going to, we'll, we'll share more publicly about the stuff soon. We're still kind of, well, I feel like in the baby steps of the yeah, beginning of the journey of this. Beautiful, beautiful. Yeah. Um, thank you for your, your willingness even to share those things. I know for some, they might be like, whoa, wow, that's, that's huge. So I can, I can appreciate where you're coming from from that. So, yeah, for the, the, the Feminine Symposium, I know you're going to be teaching a, a workshop on a deep intimacy initiation. I'd love to just hear a few words or, you know, what that is all about and what some of the viewers who might be listening now will have a chance to, to find out more. And if you're just hearing about this, you go to theintegratedfeminine.com and you can see all of the other teachers. So, yeah, I'd love to hear what, what is the deep intimacy in, uh, initiation? What's that all about? Yeah, so um, I'm going to be taking um, everyone on a journey and it is to, is the first part is really identifying what are the, the, the roles and identities that are actually blocking us from experiencing the intimacy, the wall that are holding up walls and barriers to experiencing intimacy. And this might be um, the people pleaser or the nice guy or the even the leader. So this is the one... Um, that I had to actually release the identity, the role of the leader to allow the intimacy in. Um, there was like, a, I was holding this wall up around me. Um, so it might be the caretaker, the controller, the rescuer, these, these that actually don't, they're like masks. They don't allow us to really experiencing intimacy because we're, we're they, these, these are these roles that help us to, well, tell us that we have to be this way to be loved and it's not mm -hmm. safe to be seen beyond that. So we tend to relate to people in these roles that don't actually, they're not intimacy because you're not really seeing each other mm. for each other. You're seeing, you're relating with someone in, in these roles. And then, then it's really looking at what are the fears that are underneath those roles. And these are usually, um, you know, the fear of losing myself, the fear of losing my freedom, the fear of being hurt again, the fear of um, not getting what I want. <laughs> it's the controller. Like, I'm not going to get what I want. I might be betrayed. I might be deceived. Whatever it says, it's like, really, what is the deeper fear that's running? And um, the, usually the emotions we don't want to feel that we perceive or, or have to experience. And then, so we'll go through an embodiment journey around that um, and really you know, the intimacy has to be with self first mm -hmm. and help ourselves to go deeper within and, and, and through an initiation process with a deep initiation, um, intimacy initiation within ourselves first that we can see ourselves beyond those roles and feel the love that we are. So we feel safer to be seen by another. Mm, mm, sounds beautiful. <laughs> I love that you're bringing that in. Um, and so, yeah, this, I, I love this conversation and, and I can really feel the, the gems of what especially you've delivered around how intimacy can expand more when some of these unconscious patterns are, are shifted or taken more awareness or owned, etc. So, you know, in your day to day life. Like what are the, the, the three like nuggets or the three gems that you kind of have in your back pocket that you kind of, you know, take out when you need to 
move through some of these debilitating patterns, beliefs, understandings to support you to, to keep love at the center and grace and in, inside the connection. Hmm. So I think one of the first things is not taking anything personally. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that is really important. It's just everyone's stuff is their stuff. It's not mine. It's not, I'm not to take it personally. Mm -hmm. um, the, the second thing is uh, self-responsibility. Mm. So yeah, just owning my shit basically. And then having awareness of when, Oh, maybe that like maybe I'm that person that's projecting onto someone else. Can I rein that back in mm -hmm. and 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 just see what I have to own here? And the third thing is like just be human and just see all of the things, you know? Like just it's okay to be human, it's okay to fuck up, it's okay to not get this perfect and to ah just give us give self permission to not have it all together, to not be in control all the time, to be disorganized, to be messy, to be playful, to be spontaneous, to not do things perfect and to know that I'm still completely loved. Mm. And that's what I want other people to know as well. And mm. that actually brings me back to my soul center self mm. when I give myself permission to just be human and know that I'm enough and that. That you are absolutely enough and you are loved and you are cared <laughs> for and you are adored by the universe itself and by all the cells in it. I love it. So beautiful. It's so relevant and accurate. And I, I think it's such a foundational piece that's often so much forgotten that when that permission to actually return to our innate nature as loving, bountiful, incredible beings and Thank you for being a representation of that and doing this work and inspiring others and showing up into the unknown in your relationship and in, in, in life and just being a walking um, representation of all of this. I really appreciate you and I'm, I'm so grateful for our friendship and um, yeah, just this, this beauty that's alive inside of uh, connection and conversation. And thank you for being the queen that you are and radiating that queen into the world and setting an example for other women to do the same. Thanks for listening to the Love, Sex and Freedom podcast. For more great free resources, in-person and online workshops and our retreats, find us on Instagram and Facebook at Elia Tantra School or visit elia.com.au. See you next time. Thank you.